am going to be reading uh, from Matthew chapter 11. So there's some Bibles there you guys can grab if you didn't if you didn't bring a Bible. And so we're looking again at chapter 11. And it's maybe um, something that you've heard a lot, but hopefully there'll be something new for you today, um, as there has been something new for me this week when I've looked at this, um, this encouraging talk from Jesus. So at the end of Matthew, or let me let me back up a little bit, the background for this, what, what Jesus says here in Matthew, um, is that Jesus had been accused of being a drunk and being a glutton because he was a friend of sinners. It even says that you can read in chapter 11, 18, it says that, you know, the Pharisees were really disgusted by him. And they even said he had a demon and they were looking for ways to destroy him. And that was because, you know, he was a friend of so-called sinners, right? Not so-called. I mean, we, we all of all of humanity um, is, you know, is sinful. But Jesus came for all of us, and the Pharisees were criticizing him um, for breaking the religious rules of the Sabbath. You know, the Sabbath was supposed to be a day where you don't work at all, and on that day, you're supposed to stop from doing everything except of course the people that were like mothers would still have to change their baby's diapers. And, you know, I guess they, they had rules about food preparation where you'd have to make most of it the night before and stuff. But of course there'd still be something that you'd have to do. And um, when we were in Israel, we saw that, that literally when the sun went down, people put whatever, whatever they had down, it could be anything they were carrying. It could be, you know, a can of Coke and stuff, people just putting it down, even if it was full, um, anything that they were carrying they had to put down. I mean, it's, it's like extreme, you know, for some, for some very religious people. And the idea was that if you followed all these many, 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 many rules, that there would be hope that you could be saved by following the rules. And um, so the Pharisees were pointing out to Jesus that he did all these rule-breaking things, especially healing people on the day that they're supposed to be resting on the Sabbath. So it almost seemed like Jesus purposely healed people on the Sabbath. You know, there's so many times, so many examples of him, like he could have waited one more day, especially if they'd already been suffering like years and years and years. He could have just waited 24 hours, you know, but he didn't. And I think for a reason, um, he said that the Sabbath was made for us. We weren't made for the Sabbath. In other words, the Sabbath was meant to be a blessing. But, you know, some people who are so hyper-religious, they would make it into another rule book you know of stuff and um so i'm going to get to how that applies to us pretty soon because i know that just thinking about sabbath i mean we don't really keep the sabbath necessarily but the idea of setting aside time i think is a good idea and god realized that we we need time you know every day as a matter of fact we have to lay down for eight hours and sleep that's kind of like a mini sabbath well i mean it's like one third of our lives because you know eight times three is 24 one third of the day is eight hours that means one third of our entire lives we're taking like a mini sabbath and we're like completely flat out hopefully right yes well if some people i have i need eight hours to be to, to function i know many people get by with five six seven eight whatever or six whatever you can do that's awesome wonderful but me i need eight hours okay 
Um, so anyways, uh, that's the way God set it up to, that we need rest. And even God, you know, the creator God rested on the last day or the seventh day and set that up as kind of an example, like God took a rest from working. But then again, Jesus on the Sabbath, you know, said my father's always working in the sense that there's always some kind of thing to do that's not that shouldn't be considered you know labor but should be considered love and compassion and jesus himself said um i desire compassion and not sacrifice so if we see you know a sabbath is something we're supposed to sacrifice you know like really you know just be all religious about it a matter of fact like even my dad I remember him telling me that on the sabbath day or on sunday for them sunday was the sabbath like no one could move they had to all sit you know, still and not move. And that gets, it seemed like not a very good thing. It almost seemed like a, just a heavy burden thing. So anyway, um, but Jesus wasn't about sacrifice, um, especially when it was meant for, you know, to help us. And he's, he, he, he said, I desire compassion. So let's look at how Jesus shows compassion here when he says, um, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I think a better way to put this would be come to me all of you who work to the point of exhaustion how many of you feel like sometimes you just work to the point of exhaustion i mean sometimes we can feel that way you know and to work to the point where you're just you feel like you're just going to fall over at the end of the day right um so when so let's read this come to me all you who feel like you're working to the point of exhaustion and I will give you rest. And then Jesus says something very kind of weird, in my opinion, or unusual. I won't say weird in a kind of a, a curious way. He says, take my yoke upon you. Do you know what a yoke is? It's, it's not an egg yoke. Um, nope, it's, uh, it's a, that's, yeah, it's like a collar. It's like a double collar for oxen. I, I, we've talked about this before, but if you haven't heard of a yoke, it's because we don't use that that much here unless if we went to Honduras, where we lived for about six years, we would see people still plowing with oxen and they would wear this yoke. It's like this wooden device that had a double collar. And the way you plow there is you got two, two oxen, one who's stronger and like completely skilled at that. The other one that's often often the other one who's in training will be the weaker one and learning the learner and they'll and that's how they plow you know so the, the purpose of a yoke was to do an impossible thing it's really hard to to do certain tasks um, and those tasks which are impossible um, which jesus is talking about here he's using the idea of a yoke to talk about the impossible okay he's not talking about plowing he's not talking about oxen but he's trying to use this this um, image we don't have anymore, which I'm trying to figure out what's a good image. If any of you can think of what's a good equivalent to yoke, <laughs> let me know, because I haven't figured out anything. But um, I don't know, Bob was thinking about the idea of a GPS, where we're like completely, we don't know where we're going and we get a GPS system and it's like, it tells you where to turn and it, it sort of does the impossible for you. It tells you where there's gonna be traffic. So avoid your normal route, go that way you know um stuff like that if you have a good gps sometimes it can actually get lost if you have a bad guide it's bad but 
I don't know. Anyway, but getting back to what Jesus meant here, um, since the whole background here is about Jesus being accused of not following, of being a lawbreaker because he healed people on the Sabbath and he, he ate with people who were like still in recovery or you know, maybe not even recovered at all or they were getting drunk. And he was actually, he was hanging out at the dinner table with them. No problem. He didn't have a problem with that. Or maybe they were like eating a ton and just having a, a merry old time. Didn't have a problem with that. They thought that was disgusting. And to the point where they actually wanted to kill him, as I was saying, because he was such, he just bothered them for some, for some reason. But um, here he's saying, come to me, all you who are working to the point of exhaustion, because it's about, it's about trying to save ourselves, trying to do the impossible, put it that way, try to do the, the impossible heavy thing without God. And that's what, what the law, the religion, the religious system was doing. And why was that heavy? Well, poor people would have to go and buy sacrificial animals to sacrifice, and that would take a huge amount of their income. They'd have to fast on certain days. Uh, they'd have to do all these, they have to keep all these rules about which foods to eat and not eat, you know, where you could walk and not walk. It was really a hard, hard thing. And that would be, if you could keep all these rules, then there'd be, you know, there'd be hope that you could maybe be made clean, right? Um, so he was he was using that as a way to talk about the impossible so what would be the, the impossible thing he's talking about here really is salvation that we feel like to be the kind of person that we need to be we have to be different than who we are um so the examples that i explained to you back then it would be like fasting and obeying all these rules but what would be examples of burdens or loads which get put on us or what should we put on ourselves that make us work to the point of exhaustion? What are some, can we think of any examples about that? What? Couldn't hear that. Bills, okay, yeah, okay. Maybe getting into debt or just even just having like, maybe some, like there was a time when we had to buy stuff on a credit card because we, we didn't have the money for it. And it was scary because the credit card bill kept piling up and piling up and we're like, oh my gosh, how are we gonna pay this? this is horrible it felt like a huge burden you know but what about just um to make ourselves feel like we're okay what are some of the the things some of the the things that just feel like they're always a burden like in general our whole lives what's that anna wanting to be liked by everyone. wanting to be liked by everyone so i think that could be a burden that you could have from the time you're little and maybe this feeling like you're never good enough and there's something there's some defect about you it's like forever a forever defect no matter how hard you try and you try and you try you try to do this to be accepted you try to do that you, know, you try to i mean there's a lot of things people try to do just to get people to accept them just basically accept them right um what are some of the other things that that are like that anybody it's it's kind of like the opposite of when you're what's that people pleasing okay well yeah honestly kissing people's butt but you know people pleasing basically doing things to get things you know doing and that can be a constant burden how about um have you ever gotten a new job and like you agreed to certain hours 
And then all of a sudden the boss says, oh, here's your schedule for next week. And you look at the, the hours on there and they weren't the hours you agreed with. They were like more hours. They were, instead of coming at, they said, okay, eight o'clock you're coming and they're like, okay, now you're coming at six. Oh, you're working this weekend. Oh, you're working that weekend when you said you, you couldn't come on a Sunday because that's the day you go to church or something. And they're like, sure, that's cool. And then all of a sudden you're on the, you're on the work list for Sunday. And you feel like just to keep that job, you have to, you have to please your boss, like, cause you could lose your job, but it's like, it puts strain because you think, well, then that's going to get me home late for my kids or I can't pick them up. And it's like this pressure. I don't know if you've ever had that, but things like that can be sort of like this, this pressure to, to do almost the impossible, you know, I, I feel like it's the opposite of when you're a little kid and when you're a little kid, you kind of. Hopefully, when you were a little kid, you experienced being liked just for being you. You didn't have to, you know, do something to be liked all the time. Hopefully, when you were really little, you're just like, oh, you know, this is my cute little baby who I love. Um, and, you know, you could feel accepted, at least just for being a kid, you know. Some of us didn't even have that. So maybe we even had a hard, a really hard start because we weren't accepted by our parents even. But... Um, I feel like at the bottom of this, there's, there's shame that comes on us. And that's the shame that the Pharisees were trying to put on Jesus. Like you're disgusting. You know, you say that you're the son of God. Actually, you're not, you have a demon. Imagine that like the people who are, who are the main like religious leaders at that time were saying that Jesus was full of a demon and that all the stuff he was doing was, you know, sickening, disgusting, and they should kill him for that. And they finally did. Um, I think that when we associate with Jesus, we can, we can feel like that too, you know, and there can, that shame can come on us. Um, but I think that that idea that we're unlovable at our core was something Jesus experienced, you know, just for doing the loving thing. I think that's something that, that we can, we can feel that at, at our core, we're unlovable. But what does Jesus say? He's in, in Matthew 23, he was talking about the Pharisees, Pharisees. If you look at Matthew 23, he says um, that the Pharisees would tie up heavy loads and put them on people's shoulders, but they themselves, the Pharisees, were not willing to lift a finger to move them. And he said that the Pharisees, everything they did was for other people to see. And then he goes on and says, woe to you, teachers of the law. That's like, wow, you know, you're messed up. You know, he says. And woe to you, Pharisees, you hypocrites, he says. You travel over land and sea to win one single convert. But when they become a convert, you, you make them twice as much a son of hell as you are. It's like, wow, Jesus said that. He's like, you, you go this distance just to get one convert, and then you turn them into twice as much a son of hell as you. So maybe that's kind of one reason why I didn't like him. Because they were like, they're just, he just put them on complete blast to show them who, for who they were. But those converts to the Pharisees were feeling obviously this huge burden, like, you know, they couldn't just be loved for who they were. But on the other hand, Jesus says, come to me, come to me, he says. Well, our tendency is not to go to Jesus when we feel pressured. It's to go to other things and other people. What, what are, what's the, what is our tendency? What are some examples of who you go to instead of Jesus, when you feel really pressured and really burdened to get some relief. Well, casino, yep. That, 
smoking cigarettes that can relieve stress, at least temporarily. Gossip, meanness. When we're feeling hurt, we can lash out and just point our finger, just accuse you person. You say you're like this, but actually you're a piece of crap. You know, you go to that church, but you, da, 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 da. I mean, you know, that's the kind of thing that happens. Um, what else do we go to? Substances, gambling, shopping, shopping. There's, there can be relief. Have you ever shopped and just had that kind of sense of exhilaration and like you just hearing the thing beep, beep, when it just clicks over the thing? Confirmation email, it's your delivery is on its way. Open the package and you see your name, you're like, package for me. Well, at least it's from Amazon, but at least it has my name on it. I don't really get mail, it's personal. I don't get letters, hardly ever packages, but at least I can send a package to myself. Woohoo! You know, and it feels kind of good, and you open it and you're like, even sometimes you're like, oh, this isn't what I wanted. This is, ugh, this is a knockoff, or this thing didn't do what it's supposed to do. And maybe it feels good for a while, and you get a feeling of a little high and like, feel good then you put it in the washer and it shrinks like way up and you can't even wear it something like that you know i think shopping at least for me can feel that way what's that or if you buy yourself an engagement ring you buy yourself an engagement ring okay you're right because you're trying to love yourself there you go how about um netflix netflix like you know the other night we sat down to just have some family time where we just could like enjoy a really beautiful uplifting movie and it was like the worst it was so awful i just felt and why did we sit through two hours of it we went to bed like at one in the morning i'm like why did we just keep watching this thing i was hoping it would get better it was a sick it was supposed to be a love story but it was sick 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 if you call that love it was, acting was so good so i guess that's what drew us in but it's just icky it was icky anyway that did not make me feel good. And I felt really bad for keeping watching it. So anyway, those are the things I didn't go to Jesus and I felt like I needed rest. I thought I'll just, I just want to flake and, you know, eat some chips and feel better and stuff like that. But it didn't, at the end of the day, I went to bed and I just felt mm, really not good. But Jesus says, come to me. He knows, come to me. Anybody who feels accused, how many of us can feel accused by all kinds of stuff? It's especially when it comes from people you love or you think love you and you feel accused, that can be the worst. And this is what Jesus is dealing with. It's accusation for not measuring up. It's all about that. All about accusation for not measuring up for this, for that, for the other thing, no matter where you turn. And sometimes it can be the most shocking places when you think that you actually have a friend and that person like, says the most horrible thing or does the most horrible or a family member and you just like you're cut to the core it's horrible but jesus says come to me don't go to the other thing that's gonna you think's gonna make you get less stressed out come to me what does that look like and jesus says what does he say he says come to me and i'll give you another burden that's what it almost seems like he says come to me and i will give you rest take my yoke upon you. Oh, why did Jesus give us a, something heavy? Why does he give us something to put on? Why does he give us something? Well, that this has been stumping me for a long time, even though I've, I've studied this for my whole life. Basically, I've always heard this verse and it's like, it feels, it's a feel good verse, 
on one hand, on the other, it doesn't feel good because it's like, take this burden on yourself too. But it's actually not what we think because it is take, take the burden off of yourself to save yourself or to be the person you always want to be, but can't put it on me. He says, put it, he says, take my yoke. And I think what he means by take my yoke is take the thing that's on you that you can't do, that's impossible, that burden to do that thing. Take it off yourself and put it on me. He says, because, he says, and learn from me. So there's a learning that has to happen for us to do this. We need to learn who we are, who we truly are. And we're not gonna learn that from other people who are judging us and making us feel like crap. That doesn't help. There's a place for, you know, for bringing things up in love to people, um, but there's a way to do that. And when we, when we hurt people, we, you know, that's not the way of Jesus. Jesus says, I learn from me. I'm not going to shame you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put another thing on you to do. He said, I am humble, gentle. Jesus is gentle. Jesus is gentle and he's humble in heart. He's very gentle and he's humble. He's compassionate. He's not hard-hearted. He is not mean. And he doesn't pressure us. He doesn't want us to conform to some rules. He says, and you will find rest for your souls. So whatever that yoke thing is that he wants us to take on, um, take my yoke upon you. Um, I think the yoke is, is just allowing Jesus to be our savior. That's our, it's our job. It's like in Hebrews, it says, strive to enter my rest. The only thing we should strive for is entering rest with Jesus. We don't have to strive to be a better person. Because if we just, if, if we come to Jesus, we will already learn from him and we'll be like him. We don't have to strive. We don't have to try, you know, work ourselves into exhaustion. So, yes, come up. I can't hear you back there. Okay, I just wanted to add something. So sometimes you kind of, from my experience, you have to white knuckle it. Like if you're feeling a lot of anxiety, you just got to lay there and pray or read the Bible and just lay there in God's presence until you feel better. And sometimes it's like a few hours, like four hours, five hours. From my experience, sometimes it takes forever, but then there's a breakthrough, but you have to stay until you feel better. And like sometimes... From my experience, it's hard to get my emotions to calm down, even though I'm like logically know God is there. I feel like it's kind of like you still have to, it's not like works thing, but sometimes you have to almost like hang in there until you feel better or until you let him minister to you. But yeah, sometimes it's not like instant from my experience. So Anna, would you say that that's a bit of work then? In a certain way, it's like effort that... Because like for me, I want to pop up and do the laundry. I want to pop up and clean. I want to pop. Did you want to say something? Yeah, just don't give up. It's like sticking with just, you know, being God's presence like that for me is work. Because at the minute I try to rest and go to Jesus, all these things pop up in my mind of to-dos. It's really funny because in the, re the other times of the day, it's not as strong. But when I try to be in God's presence, that's when I feel most anxious to just sit there and be with God, you know? So, yeah, thanks, Anna. That's, it's, it's a kind of work, but it's not one that's um, 
burdensome in the sense that other other kind of it jobs are. So he says, I'm gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your souls. He says, for my yoke is easy. And another word for easy is joyful or loving. That word that's used, the original word, word my yoke, the, the one that he gives us, is easy. Okay? Easy is easy. Easy is not hard. And my burden is light. It's not heavy. So I want us to just think about that and maybe how um that only jesus can save us and he alone is who makes us clean all right following certain guidelines like to stay sober clean and sober are helpful but deep down we can still feel dirty in our souls because we can still feel like there's something wrong with us and jesus wants to cleanse you know he wants to make us clean not just on the outside from addiction or whatever thing it is he wants us to wants to clean us on the inside as well you know to that part that that makes us feel like we can never be good enough 